everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through July 23rd. Daphne's back! I am back! It was a really fun week to be away. I celebrated my birthday. I got to hang out with Robin and Anne at the Dallas Classic. And then with my other podcast partner, Paik, uh, we spent a couple of days doing some fun stuff in Dallas before I came home. And yeah, it was a really, you know, fantastic week. I really enjoyed uh, being away. And now I'm back home for this week. And then I will be leaving next week for uh, Lake Placid. I'm leaving on Sunday. Yeah, um can't believe it that Lake Placid is like next week. Um, well, that you're leaving next week. But yeah, I can't wait to hear about Dallas Classic. I've gotten some news um, from you about like who was there, um, programs that were competed. Um, also, I got to see a lot of great photos. So, but we'll talk about Dallas Classic in a little bit. We did last week, I did the podcast solo, which was an experience. I've never done a podcast by myself before. Um, But we also launched an interview with Courtney Hicks and Josh Ferris. Um, A lot of people have been, were excited that we talked to Josh. It was Josh's first interview as a coach um, and Courtney's first kind of interview since announcing that she has come back competition so it was nice to chat with them both and um yeah so that was if you didn't get to listen to it you know definitely check that out yeah it uh that was a fun interview to get to do we did that just before i left i think the day before we left uh for dallas classic me robin and ann so we met up there on the same day you and i had recorded that interview But it was a really great conversation with Courtney and Josh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how Courtney's season continues to uh, go forward. And seeing Josh as a coach at competitions will be a lot of fun. I'm glad that he's able to still be involved in the sport. I think he has a lot to offer. And um, yeah, it was great to get to chat with them. One thing I did want to mention, and So my birthday was on Wednesday, July 19th. A little sad for me on that day because it marks another year since Dennis Ten has not been with us. Skating fans, of course, are aware that he was killed tragically, um, murdered in his home country of Kazakhstan. And so every year when I'm celebrating my birthday, there's just this piece of me that is just remembering how tragic his death was and also how incredible his skating was and how we got to appreciate it over the years. It's just, just this thing that just makes me a bit sad on my birthday. And uh, it's hard to believe it's been five years though. I I know. know, Like, I feel like it was just yesterday he was skating at the Olympics Mm -hmm. or skating at this competition. And and to think it's been five years since he's graced us with his beauty on the ice and just being 
who he was in the sport, it, it's hard. I, I, you know, as time goes on, it just, it's hard to imagine that we haven't had him for this long. And I'm so glad that the skating community never forgets um, because I may have forgotten the date. I was, I thought I knew July, but I, and I forgot that it is on your birthday that he was killed. Um, but as soon as I opened up my social media on the 19th, there it was, you know, there's his, you know, favorite programs of his, um, you know, just the post. So I knew, I'm so glad the skating community just doesn't forget him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always, it's so hard. It really so is. He was such a treasure when it comes to figure skating. And he was a good person, too, based on all the posts that come out every year, either around his birthday or around the anniversary of his death. You just get this sense of how much he is mourned and missed. And I appreciate that so much. I would love to have seen what he could have done. Um, because he was getting to the end of his competitive career. I'm wondering, you know, what would he have transitioned? Would he, he have been a coach? What, what would he, you know, what would he do? And I'm hoping that, um, they continue with his memorial competition that happens every year. I think, um, it's been the last couple and his family is still very active in the Federation in Kazakhstan. I know his mom is. And so hopefully the, you know, skating will continue to grow in that country because he kind of put Kazakhstan on the map when it came to um, skating. So let's transition to the event results for this past week. I'll start off. I was in Dallas. It was an NQS for dance. It's the first one of the season. It was a part of the solo dance series for the Midwestern section. The days were very long, but I did manage to get in some time there watching some of the solo competition as in addition to the partner dance. The roster was nearly double for, from last year to this year. Um, Solo went from about 49 entries last year to 81 this year. And then Partner Dance went from 24 teams to 40 teams. Wow. Thank you, Ann Calder, for compiling all this information. Um, if you want to read more about it, it's in our recap over at IDC. I wanted to remind everyone that it's still so early in the season, especially for the senior teams and for Partner Dance, because things are just starting to kick off. Prior to this, there were a couple of competitions, including Chesapeake, but this was the first real big one that we got to see a number of teams. Most of the junior teams in the U.S. were at this competition, so it was cool to see how they stack up. It was not without mistakes. There were teams that had, you know, trips or falls or just little issues in their programs it's going to happen at this time of year because programs are still new with regard to getting them out there in the competitive atmosphere. And that's a lot different than training at home. So mm -hmm. there were mistakes. I have to say overall, the level of skating was great for this time of year. Um, 
it was a fabulous opportunity for the teams to get out there and get their programs, you know, under the judges' review. Solar dancers, of course, are getting near the end of their qualifying competition. They only have a couple of events left. So they're at two very different points of the season. This venue was different. We're used to going to Allen, Texas, which is where we've gone for the last two. I really love the venue in Allen. You guys are going to love it for Skate America. I think the the lighting is so bright and it's just a really intimate venue. So I think that you guys will like it. Um, so we were in Plano at the Children's Health Star Center. And so it was different. The lighting was still pretty good for photos. I thought I would start off with giving you guys my verdict on the 80s rhythm dances. All right. <laughs> I want to hear your verdict. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I love how people pulled the music into their costume choices and also what they did with their hair. Because obviously the 80s were... It was a time for hair, let me tell you. The Aquanet, the teasing, the crimping, everything that we did to our hair. I'm surprised any of us have hair left after all of that. Um, the curling irons. I mean, I mean the damage that we did to our hair at that time. Um, there were not a lot of repeats of songs. It was really fun to see the skaters take the ice and then wonder, well, what are they going to, what are they skating to? Because you would try to guess that. Uh, there were a few instances where I figured it out right away. The okay. Mullins wore this bubblegum pink costumes and I knew right away it had to be Wham. It had to be George Michael. Um, yeah. I remember editing photos of theirs and they were this, you know, light, bright pastel colors mm -hmm. and I was like oh that's so cool yeah and that was what I was doing was looking at the photos I hadn't really talked to you since to find out exactly who was skating to what but I would look at the you know the costumes and I'm like oh okay they're doing this or they're doing that and just the costumes already at this point in the season because it's you know we're talking end of July here and just seeing I'm Assuming that these are the costumes we're going to see later on, but just, you know, the fact that they weren't in just warm-ups or, um, it was just exciting to see, and the costumes are really cool and creative. I know people were, um, when I was posting some on social media, people were like, ooh, this costume or that costume. So I was impressed seeing the costumes, but they were really exciting to see the ones for the rhythm dance in the 80s, because it was really like, okay, what are they skating to? Um, they could, You could tell by their costumes, and, and they were fun. Just fun costumes. So much fun. I did know the words to most of the songs that they played. <laughs> um, the There were other teams, though, too, that their costumes really, you know, matched what they were doing. It pulled you into the performance. I did have reservations about the Rock or Foxtrot, being in the rhythm dance for junior because it is a dance that's done at the lower levels, not necessarily junior. Some of these kids had probably not done the rock or fox trot for years. Did so it seem slow at all, Daphne, when you were watching it? Because it tends, I think I've seen early videos of 
the rock or fox trot where it seems like with the music it tends to slow down or just they're going a little slower did it seem slow to you at any point because that was the one thing that i thought when we were you know saying 80s most of the 80s music that a lot of the skaters are choosing are kind of upbeat and fast and moving quickly and then i was you know like the rock or fox trot i think i saw a one team video where I felt like, oh, that it slows the program down a little bit. There were not a lot of instances of that. Oh. It actually flowed better than I thought it was going to okay. because I was concerned about it being a simpler dance and I was afraid of the slowing down of music and how it was going to like interrupt the flow of the program. But I didn't see very much of that and I was happy because I don't want the programs interrupted by something that makes it feel disjointed. Um, uh, the junior skaters seem to have a lot of fun with this. So, I mean, the seniors did as well, but it was a lot of fun seeing these skaters skating to music that their parents grew up with. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And any of the parents I talked to while I was there really enjoyed the whole process of <laughs> helping their kids get brought you know back to the <laughs> 80s with costuming and hair and stuff because it's very much about neon and brightness and it, it just it's a it was a cool decade and i liked the other thing i liked is that the music was not all like pop there were some rock selections in there it was a good mix of everything. So I'm excited to go to Lake Placid where I know there are going to be more teams that I haven't seen yet. And I am looking forward to seeing what some of the selections are there. Um, not everyone has announced their music. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun to do the same thing where I'm actually going to watch and try to guess <laughs> what are they skating to. So that piece of it was great. To talk a little bit about the results, there were a bunch of new teams at this competition. Also teams that have only been together maybe a season or two, so it's it's still, you know, kind of young. Um, at the senior level, Katarina Wolf-Kostin, of course, announced earlier this season she's skating with Dmitry Sarevsky. They had a great debut. They really didn't have a lot of mistakes. Everything seemed pretty clean they were you know it's early again um they finished first in the senior event followed by isabella flores and yvonne desiatov who did have some mistakes in their programs um and third was rafael Concius and alexi chepatov who they look like the little things are starting to look improved uh they of course relocated in the off season and now train at the Michigan Ice Dance Academy with Charlie White, Tanith White, and Greg Zerlin. So that I think it has is a good match for them. Uh, moving on to junior, uh, Leonessa and Artem Markalov. I remember last season when I saw them, their first performance at this event last year. They looked very prepared. They look even more prepared at this competition they look ready to go out on the jdp circuit right now um and they scored far above the other teams that were at the competition um so uh, i really enjoyed their programs they were a team that picked rock 
one of the selections was uh still loving you by the scorpions and it really fit like they have the attitude in that performance and um so i really enjoyed that uh eliana peel and ethan peel they finished second uh they had a mistake in the free skate that dropped them to fourth in the free but overall they um, stayed in second place. Jenna Howard and Benjamin Starr finished third. They also had some mistakes. Um, but I really, I think out of all the costumes, there were a few that stood out to me. Uh, Jenna's free dance dress is beautiful. And if you look at it, you'll know what the theme is right away because it looks like cathedral windows. And they're doing Notre Dame de Paris. It's really beautiful, and the program is different for them because they usually do much more lyrical and not, like, this type of theme, so I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was the one I commented to you about her her free dance dress, that it looked like cathedral windows, mm-hmm. it was, like, stained glass looking, it was really cool um, when I was editing those photos, and so, um, but yeah, and then... I know the Peels are doing um, the Lord of the Rings and she's got a green, they're green. White and dress. green. Yeah, green. it's oh. beautiful. Yes. It's beautiful. Also, there were um, a couple of other items of note. Caroline and Brendan Mullen returned after missing a whole season due to injury. They finished third in the free dance, which was a great result for them. Uh, they were sixth overall. Um, it was great to see them back out there. Then we had two new teams. So Jonathan Rogers, who was skating with Vanessa Pham, is now skating with Anya Lavrova. And they had a great debut. They ended up finishing fourth overall. It was a really great debut at this competition. And we also got to see Yali Peterson with Jeffrey Chen. Of course, Jeffrey skated at the senior level last season with his partner, um, Katarina Wolfkosten, but there is a rule in place now at U.S. Figure Skating that allows you to step back at the national level. So he's going to be skating at the junior level with Yali. They finished fifth overall and were second in the free skate. Well, it's it's early in the season, too. Again, some of these new partnerships... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's expected. You're only been skating with that person for a couple of months. Um, and a new program that may actually not be completely finished. Sometimes those programs, they're just putting them out for the very first time. And then they go back and it's, you know, changing back to the drawing board and fixing things. So, you know, it's so early. And so I hope no one looks at these results and, you know, and goes, this is it. This is how they're going to do all season. Cause yeah. that's not the case. Um, definitely. Uh, this is the starting point to a long season um, where I, you know, teams are going to grow and change and, and hopefully they will not want to look at the program that they put out in Dallas at the end of the season. And, you know, because they'll say, Hey, that was horrible. You know, it's this one- is who we are one thing I love about going to the early season competitions is you get to see teams at the very start and then I see them at nationals at the very end and I love to watch the evolution of the program over the season it's just a lot of fun to see if you can pick up on all the changes that they make because some teams make major changes in between 
with others, it's just little teeny nuanced things that you really have to pay close attention to. Uh, before we move on to other events, I just wanted to point out, I did get to see both Brooke and Lucas at this competition. Brooke won the rhythm dance. Lucas won the free dance. Lucas won overall. So much speed from those two when they're out there. Um, I really enjoyed it so much. Getting to see them in person. Uh, I made it a point to be at the ring so we could at least photograph some of the solo dance events. And we did, uh, Robin and I did shoot the senior uh, rhythm and free dance. Also wanted to point out, we have rhythm dance photos from the junior solo. Um, that was a lot of fun to watch as well. Amanda Urban won the competition, finished first, first in both segments. Mina Esfandiari was in second. Um, and Chloe Felton finished third. It was a lot of fun uh, to get to watch these competitions. And I'm hoping to watch more in Lake Placid. Again, I've got a very small team coming. What we're able to photograph, what we're able to see, I am still not sure. <laughs> because yeah. we also have photo shoots and other things. So Now, Dallas, was everything only in one rink? Mm-hmm. Like Placid, you're going between two rinks. <laughs> yeah. A little harder. Yeah, there were practices held in a different rink that was right beside it. Like, it's in the same complex. You just basically walk down a hill and here it is. Um, And by a hill, I mean a slant. There's like this... They have this really cool sloped way of doing things. So you walk down the slope and there's the other rink. So it's right there. Um... Yeah, so Dallas was great. If anyone has any specific questions, please send them in. I can uh, uh, talk about them or answer them if possible. If I don't know the answer, I can I can look into it. This was a ton of fun, and I'm looking forward to Lake Placid. It's crazy to me that we're already starting the season. And, uh, yeah, this Lake Placid will be my last event until the Ice Dance Final in November. So, looking forward to getting back to the rink again in a week. Well, since Dallas Classic kicked off the NQS events, we've got more NQS events to talk about. Because the Sun Valley Summer Championships was the first NQS event for singles, also a part of the Solo Dance Series, for Pacific Coast, and the official photographer of the Sun Valley Summer Championships was our friend Melanie. So she's been showing us some photos of Sun Valley. I'm always jealous when she's in Sun Valley because I want to go. So one day I'm going to get to Sun Valley to see um, a summer show or maybe even to see this competition. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So we'll put the link to the results in our show notes. We'll just mention a few here. Um, junior men, Max Anderson was the only competitor in the event. Uh, junior women was won by Charlize Marlette and senior women was won by Bryn Roberts. There was no senior men also taking place in Sun Valley. This past weekend was the summer, um, ice shows. Uh, after a week off, there was no show last week. Um, this past Saturday, Isabel Levito was the guest star Next weekend, it's Alexa Kinnearm and Brandon Frazier. And then they did announce the guest for the August 5th show, and that is going to be Ryan Bradley. Um, And Melanie got to shoot the summer show with uh, Isabeau. So hopefully we'll be seeing some of those photos soon. Well, moving on, Skate Ontario sectional series also took place. Senior dance, Lily Henson and Nathan Lickers won both the rhythm and the free dance. In senior pairs, short program, Emmanuel Proft and Nicholas Nadeau. Uh, senior men, Jack Dushensky won the short program in the free skate. And in senior women, in free skate group one, Anna Zhuhan Ting. And in group two, Adrienne Foster. Senior women, short program, Sarah Ma Dupuy won group one. And Anna Zhuhan Ting won group two. In junior Dance, Addison Pell and Daniel Yu won the rhythm dance, and Elisa Corneva and Kira McDonald won the free dance. In junior pairs, Julia Quattrochi and Simon Desmarais won the free skate, and Naomi Rollard and Etienne Lacasse won the short program. And in junior men, Jake Ellis won both the short program and free skate. Junior women, free skate group one was won by Caroline Mayo. And Alicia Subin Ryu won group two. Short program group one was won by Coralie Plant. And Bella Gia won short program group two. Well, there was another NQS event this week, Skate Detroit. And that was NQS event for singles in the solo dance series for Midwesterns. For senior women, the top three was Kendall Earn, Finley Hawk, and Marion Pierce. Now, Brady Tunnell was listed in the roster, but she did not compete. So just in case people were wondering how Brady did, if you saw the um, listing earlier in the week, she did not compete. She withdrew. Senior men, Will Annis was listed, but he also did not compete, and he was the only competitor registered. So there was no senior men's event. Junior women, Jessica Jerka. She had a total score of 173.57, and so she won the junior women combined group A. Jaylene Johnson was second in that group and she, with a score of 166.37, and both women landed seven triples in their free skate. Willow Fadua won the junior women's combined group B with Katie Turcotte a close second. And then Junior Men was won by Lorenzo Alano. And we want to mention Novice. Um, two Novice women scored over 100 points in the free skate. Skylar Latova Poguero, coached by her mother Julia Latova, and Angela Zhao, 
They finished a close 1-2 in the novice combined Group B, both scoring over 160 points total, which is pretty impressive for the novice level. So keep an eye on these girls um, this season. Definitely names to remember to wa- and watch out for them. Yeah, because remember, in the U.S., the top two novice finishers at the final get to go to nationals and skate at the junior level. So it could be those two. We're not sure. Yeah. As a longtime fan of skating, I remember when Yulia Latova skated. So it's great to see that uh, her daughter is skating as well. So next-gen team competition results. We have those. Uh, junior women top two, Rose Thoreau and Lulu Lin. Junior pairs, Martina Ariano-Kent and Charlie La Liberty Laurent finished first after the short program. We don't know the final result because we're recording before it ends. In junior ice dance, Chloe Wynn and Brendan Zhang are in first after the rhythm dance. And in junior men, Rio Morita is first after the short program. So South Korea had their junior Grand Prix selection competition this past weekend. We'll just put the information in our show notes so you can check it out there. And one last thing, the ice tour is going on. This weekend, they were in Aichi and Nikko, and Osaka will be their stop next weekend. And they will be going to Morioka the first week in August. The cast for this show includes Shoma Uno, Nathan Chen, Junhuan Cha, Madison Chalk, and Evan Bates, Gabriella Papadakis, Guillaume Cizeron, Jason Brown, Ilya Malinin, Keegan Messing, Adam Shaohim Fa, Kazuki Tomono, Kevin Amos. Karaori Sakamoto, Luna Hendricks, Mai Mahara, Riku Miura, and Ryuji Kihara, and Kanemura Moto, and Daisuke Takahashi. It's a very what cool a show. Cast. <laughs> I wish we were getting to see them in the U.S. Yes, definitely. So if anybody gets to see this show, please let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. And you know what you could do if you do go to this show and you want to send us in a voicemail message, like record it on your phone. Tell us what you think of the show. We'll play it on our episode because we'd love to be able to share stuff like that. Well, moving on to our general skating news, single session tickets for the 2023 Skate Canada International will be available for pre-sale on Monday, the day you're listening to this podcast, at 10 a.m. Eastern, and on sale to the public on Thursday, July 27th, at 10 a.m. Eastern. The 2023 Skate Canada International will take place at the Doug Mitchell Thunderbird Sports Center in Vancouver, British Columbia, October 27th to the 29th. Well, U.S. Figure Skating updated its ISP, which is International Selection Pool, after the Dallas Classic. New additions include, for the senior level, Isabella Flores and Yvonne Desiatov. One item I wanted to mention, he was recently released, so they can compete for the U.S. now. And the other team added, Katerina Wolf-Kostin and Dmitry Sarevsky. This is not a surprise after watching these teams compete in Dallas. At junior, there were three teams added, Anya Lavrova and Jonathan Rogers, Caroline and Brendan Mullen, and Yali Peterson and Jeffrey Chen. Congratulations to the teams that got added to the ISP. It's entirely possible more teams could get added after Lake Placid. I believe there's a minimum score that has to be achieved, so we'll wait and see how that goes. 
Well, moving on to recent articles and interviews, Golden Skate had an interview with Phoebe Becker and James Hernandez. It's a video interview, so you can check that out in our show notes. So U.S. Figure Skating Fan Zone had an article titled, Ilya Malinin Delivers in History-Making Season. Of course, that's celebrating his quad axle. U.S. Figure Skating had an article called, Let Them Know We Are Here, and it was with Mary Gorgon Johansson, and her commitment to coaching skaters with disabilities has allowed her athletes to compete at the Special Olympics and beyond. So Wenatchee World had an article on Liam Kapakis. Liam, of course, is going to be competing at Glacier Falls for the NQS and then the Cranberry Cup in August. And the run-through with Adam Rippon and Ashley Wagner was back this week, and they had Mariah Bell on the podcast, and the title of the podcast was called Saved by the Mariah Bell. Oh, very clever. <laughs> I would expect nothing less from Adam and Ashley. So moving on to social media updates, I missed some of these because I was so like entranced in what was going on in Dallas, but yes. And I didn't text you this first one and I should have, I should have texted the group. Nobody texted about this one. I knew about it, but I was like, I think you guys were busy in Dallas, so I wasn't going to bother you. And Melanie was where she needed to be. But yeah, this one was a, um, not a surprise, but. It was one that we would have normally shared in our group chat. Oh, definitely. So Tiffany Zagorski and Jonathan Guerrero, who represented Russia, they competed at the 2018 Winter Olympics. They have announced their retirement from competitive skating. Wish them both the very best in their futures. I know they've been doing a few shows and tours and... I've watched them both since they were younger on the JGP. So, yeah, congratulations on a great career and good luck in the Mm -hmm. future. Yes, definitely. Swedish pair team and twins Greta and John Crawford are now training with Bruno Mosso in Cannes, France. Elisa of Sanikina and Maximilian Rahier are a new ice dance team for France. And this one just made my day when I got to see this, but Jenny Mino San posted a photo of Todd San with all of his students at Great Park Ice. And her post said, Todd got to see all of his kids today for the first time since March. It was an emotional day for sure. We are so grateful to have this special group, our Great Park Pairs family. Todd is working hard with OT, PT, and speech therapy Please continue to pray for Todd in his recovery. But it just melted my heart to see him with all of the students um, after so many months. But we'll definitely keep our fingers crossed and prayers and all our good vibes towards Todd as he continues his recovery. Absolutely. I saw that photo and it just, it made me smile. Thinking about all that he and his wife and family have been through since this whole incident at Junior Worlds, and to see him back with his skating family, it you can't help but just feel warm fuzzies and be happy to uh, for them all because you know he's been missed and you know the skating community rallied around and this is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. So we have a ton of program announcements. We will not be reading them on this episode. However, we want to draw attention to the fact that on our website, 
we have all the program info from the Dallas Classic, anything that we have. Um, we also may have some from Next Gen and some Skate Detroit information. Go check it out. It keeps growing every day. Yes. Yep. We definitely update it as information comes out. So make sure you check it out. Well, moving on to upcoming events for the week. Again, now that we've kicked off NQS at Dallas Classic, the NQS events continue through the fall. So next week, July 27th to the 30th is the Charleston Open, which is an NQS event for singles, and that's taking place in Charleston, South Carolina. The Glacier Falls Summer Classic is going to be taking place from July 27th through the 30th. This is an NQS for singles and pairs. This is a big competition. It's one of the big ones. Um, it's in Anaheim, California, and there will be a live stream available for $10 a day. And we'll post that link online as soon as we have it. Yeah, and this is the first NQS event for pairs. We've had now dance and singles, so pairs will get started uh, next week. And if we haven't mentioned it already, but coming up on July 31st to August 2nd is the Lake Placid Ice Dance Championships, which is an NQS event for dance, but also taking place within that is the Lake Placid Ice Dance International. Um, so the first international of the season, there's solo dance going on, a lot going on. Daphne will be there. I unfortunately will not be there this year. I'll be moving offices at work. That's what's going on next week for me when Lake Placid is happening. But um, yeah, so I'm excited to hear all about Lake Placid for Daphne. Or the, you know, hear about Lake Placid from Daphne and for Daphne to get to go. I'm really excited and I'm hoping next year to get all of us together because it will actually be 25 years of IceDance.com, and I'm hoping to celebrate in Lake Placid, which has been like our flagship event, was the first one I ever really covered, and I'm hoping to have the have everyone there to celebrate yeah. 25 years of, you know, just everything in IceDance. Well we already have the dates for next year. We, so we do. Just need to all mark it and nothing should interfere with that. I I hope not. It's going to be later than usual next year. Okay. okay. Um, it's, it's in August next year. Yeah. Right? It's really interesting because going this year, it's not conflicting with rugby or the Ironman, which is real different for me because usually we come in at the end or the day after Ironman and we end the week with the rugby group coming in. Yeah. Not this yeah. year. But that's okay. Gina, I'll have a slice of pizza at Bozzy's for you. Yes, because when I was there for Synchro, it was closed. Yeah. And I sent you the little message saying, I hope it's not closed for good. I hope not, too. I've got to check into that. Right now, I'm working on getting photo shoots and stuff scheduled. Um, yeah, there's a yeah. lot going on. Yeah, yeah. But it's that, unfortunate because last year we all were there. We all stayed in a house. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And now on this year, it's just you, Jordan, Robin. Robin. It's that's it. It's small group, because um, it just wasn't working with everybody's schedules. And um, so hopefully next year we can do the house again. Us all be there again and celebrate 25 years of IDC. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 
Last um, year, just... the last time we celebrated, it was 20 years and we had cake. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was five I, years I, ago. I think we can do next year in Lake Placid. Pizza Bazis. We can make a whole like big thing of it. We can yeah. go, you know, the pickled pig across the street. We could just do one big long celebration. It's so funny IBC. because I think about all the changes, like how things have really changed in Lake Placid since I started going. And yeah, there's just so much. So with IDC entering its twenty fifth year, um there's just a lot to celebrate. We'll probably be doing a countdown. Um, yeah, there's just so much. So yeah. anyway, watch for all of that. Yes. Gina, we've reached the end of our play and content. Can you let folks know where to find us? You can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com on social media. Twitter, it's at thiswkinskating. And then Facebook and Instagram, it's thisweekinskating. We're also on Threads. So I'm trying to remember to post there too. It's just another one to, you know, you got to remember to post to. So check us out there as well. We love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support that we've received via email and social media. Please keep it coming. Um, we're going to move on to our, one of my favorite segments of our podcast, which is the mailbag. I'm glad we added it for the summer because I love hearing from our listeners. I love knowing what their responses are to these questions. So why don't you let folks know what the question of the week is? So this was the question that I came up with while you were away. And funny story. So when I came up with the question, I didn't talk to Daphne at all. I kind of just said, all right, this is going to be the question and she'll listen to the podcast or I'll tell her later in the week and then she'll find out what it is. Probably within an hour or two after I finished recording the podcast, did not tell Daphne anything about this question. She texts me a very similar question and said, this should be our question of the week. And I was like, oh my gosh. That's just exactly, the wording was a little different, but same topic, same mm -hmm. whole thing. So the question of the week is, if you were given a chance to choreograph a program for a skater or team, who would you choreograph the program for and what piece of music would you choose from them, for them? Well, Jennifer Como. I think she's answered every question we have put out this summer. <laughs> She said Amber Glenn, she'd like to have her skate to Don't Want to Fight by Alabama Shakes. And she would like Chalk and Bates to skate to Let It Go by James Bay. Okay. Okay. And then we also heard from Linda on Twitter. She said Black and Gold by Sam Sparrow. She'd like Jason Brown to skate to that. I have to second that. Mm -hmm. I love that song. I think I heard it first on Dancing with the Stars ages ago. And then I think Melissa Gregory Dennis Petchikoff did something to it at one point. I would love to see Jason yeah. skate to that. I think it would make totally a different type of program for him. Uh, she would like Caitlin Hawaii and Jean-Luc Baker to skate a free dance too. I Know How to Speak by Manchester Orchestra. 
she would like Wakaba Higuchi to do a free skate to Jupiter from the planets by Holst. Oh yeah, I could see that. And she would like Miura and Kahara to skate to the chain by Fleetwood Mac. That <laughs> could be fun. Yeah. yeah. I am down for that. I like these. Yeah, yeah, these are really great. So Gina, what is our question for this week? I don't know. What is our question for this week? So our question for this week gets a little bit technical, but it's very simple yes or no answer. Do you think there is a place in figure skating today for compulsory dances, compulsory figures at the junior and senior levels? Hmm. It's very simple. Yeah. And I'm not going to answer it until next week. Yeah. So let us know what you think, guys. There are purists out there who believe that these are an incredible benchmark to measure skating skills and they Mm -hmm. should be used in some way. Then there are others who feel that we need to move on from the past. I have, I have an interesting opinion on this that I will share next time. Okay. Okay. So before we end our podcast, we will shine a lens on what's going on over at our respective websites IDC, we've been very busy, of course. There are photos in the recap from the Dallas Classic. Um, I have an intro and I have an interview with a solo ice dancer named Shauna Voris and did a great series with Naomi Lang Strong and her and a bunch of her dancers from the Ice Den in Chandler. And so This is another piece of that puzzle. There are more to come. I also have some other interviews with other solo dancers, as well as more entries in the new team series. So keep watch. There's a lot going on over there. What about you, Gina? Over at FSO, I also had photos from Dallas Classic, just the junior and the senior partner dance, but you can find those um, on our website if you want to see all the other disciplines and... Or I should say the solo dance and the levels over at Dallas Classic. Check out IDC because they have a whole lot more. But yep, so those photos are there. And then I've been doing some websites, um, working on some websites. So um, yeah, just kind of getting ready for the start of the season, really. Because we're officially in the start of the season with the NQS events. So The JDP is coming. Senior bees are coming. Next month. That's just like crazy to think that, you know, just yeah. a month away. It's wild. We want to remind you guys that our Patreon is now live, so please check that out. And you have a few more weeks to get your This Week in Skating clear bags. So please. Actually, just a few more days. A few just more a days. Few more days. The end of the month. End of the month. Okay. Well, you have a few more days to get your This Week in Skating clear bags. So please check that out. Um, the links will be in our show notes. That brings us to the end of our episode, Gina. We want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have an ice week!
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.